Good morning, everyone. My name is Felix Justin, and I lead the teen ministry here. And uh, I just want to say thank you very much for all the food that I have received recently. I just had a baby. Actually, my wife just had a baby. <laughs> January 7th. But it's been hard on me, too. So thank you very much for giving us all the food we've had. Uh, you know, I can't even list off all the amazing food that we've had. We post pictures, some of them. Uh, the other ones, they were just so good that we had to eat them and not post a picture. But uh, Jake is also very, very grateful. We also have your tubs of Tupperware and such. So if you need to pick those up, we have those for you. Uh, being a dad of two is, uh, is, is quite a whirlwind. You know, I, for many of you, that that's, describes you or more, which I just applaud you because, wow. You know, uh, I go in and out of being awake and not, and I just don't know really what, what's going on sometimes. But it's okay. Enough about me. Today's Super Bowl Sunday. <clears throat> I'm excited. It's football. I love football. I've played football since I was five years old, and uh, I still attempt to play football now. Flag football and uh, different. It's still awesome. And, um, you know, I'm not really a fan of either team, but I do enjoy watching the game. I'm going for the 49ers. Sorry, Ron. But I'm going for the Niners because they're from California, you know. That's pretty much it. Um, but I have some fun facts for you about the Super Bowl. Okay, so uh, fact number one. I'm, I only have five here. So, so number one is uh, the winner receives the Vince Lombardi Trophy. A lot of you know that. That's a big trophy. But if you didn't know, it's actually made by Tiffany and Company. Wow. So high-end jewelry. All right, it's for the ladies. Number two. The coaches, if you didn't know, are brothers, okay? So on each team, they're the Harbaugh brothers. A lot of you probably know that. They've been hyping that up. But it's the first time ever that a set of coaches are the head coaches, uh, and they're playing against each other, which is really cool. Got to be a proud parent too, right? Man, that'd be awesome. Number three, Super Bowl Sunday is the second, and this one's for, for Ron. Super Bowl Sunday is the second largest day of food consumption and drink behind Thanksgiving. That's amazing. Never knew that. According to the National Chicken Council's 2013 wing report, also didn't know that existed, 1.23 billion wings will be consumed this weekend. Amazing. Imagine that. Number four. We only have five, so number four. Commercials, CBS is averaging... Each ad will have $3.7 million. So each ad that's going to be aired, that's how much money is being spent. And we all know we love those commercials. I look forward to timeouts. All right, so number five. And this is kind of interest, interesting. It says, what would people give up to actually go to the Super Bowl? Okay. 23% would give up a vacation, followed by an important work responsibility by 21%. I thought that would be more. 20% uh, would uh, miss the wedding of a close family member or friend. That's some, that's some real love of football. 
19% would miss the funeral of a loved one. Ouch. And uh, this one is probably sad to you. If 15% would miss the birth of a child. It's probably all guys. You can't really miss the birth of your woman. All right, so how many people are going to be watching this game today? All right, sweet. All right, so a lot of hands are raised. Actually, uh, reported last year is 111 million viewers, okay? So all those people who raised their hand today, you will join 111 other people out there. Um, But if you didn't know, only 53 uh, players are on each team's rosters. So that's 106 total guys that are playing for this coveted trophy for these rings, these Super Bowl rings. That is, gives you a chance, say if you're a viewer, it gives you a .0000093 chance of playing in the Super Bowl. That's just from the viewers, not in total population. And if you're a girl or a woman, you have zero chance of playing in the, just as it is now, as it is now. Uh, you may have already known this, that you probably have no chance to play in the Super Bowl, But uh, this thought just hit me recently, um, that I'm not going to be able to do that, okay? Uh, You may have always known that, like, you can never do it, but I always had a vision that maybe I could actually go out there and play against these guys, you know. Uh, Then I I graduated high school, and then graduated college, then I had my first kid, now second kid, and I realized just this past year I know, I know. You know, I, I'm watching my, my football team, which is SC, and I put on this awesome official USC uh, jersey that uh, one of the teens, Josh, gave me. Awesome. I put it on to sit down on a couch and eat food. That's when it hit me. I'm like, this is, this is what it's become. You know, and I make sure that I didn't spill anything on it for the next time I sit down and watch and eat food. Um, but we're spectators, right? I mean, the majority of you, uh, you like I said, probably not going to play, ever. We are spectators, and we love being spectators. We, uh, we watch a whole lot of things, not just the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl today. I'm going to talk about it because it is a big game. But uh, we sit at home in our comfortable chairs or recliners. And we have climate control, despite what's going on in the real world, we can control the climate. We can even control when or when not to watch the game with TiVo or DVR, which I love, just blast through that stuff. Uh, We're not getting hit by huge men. That's always a plus. I like being a spectator. You know, I can go to my job, you know, life. Life exists outside of this game. And really, for me and for us, our lives aren't really affected by the outcome of this game. We might be excited, but really, life is going to go on tomorrow, isn't it? Just, we're just spectators. You're just there to watch. You're just there to listen. And then you're there to go home. That's for, that's for the majority of us. But spiritually, I think we can be the same way. Spiritually, I think we can be just spectators. We show up on Sunday. We get dressed. We know the start time. Maybe we're there a little after. It's all right. But we're here. We showed up. We're watching. We're listening. But 
we're just spectators. Our lives really don't change the next day, the week. We are just spectators for God. Let's look at a guy who started there, okay? Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. And I know I kind of painted just being a spectator as a bad thing, but I do want to welcome you if you are for the first time here today. I think it's good. Being a spectator is where we all start off, and that's our point number one. Spectators, that's where we all start off. And you have to be a spectator before you move on to the next steps. But we're going to read in in Luke about a guy named Jesus, and he's going to be preaching. He's starting out his ministry, and he, he targets these fishermen out there. And one, one of the guys, names, his name is Simon, but he also go, goes by Peter later on. So if I interchange those names, you'll know why. So Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, it reads, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into, he got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Okay, so Peter, or Simon, he was just washing his nets. Jesus is here, he's, he's, he's teaching, and gets the idea to go into the water, you know, to preach from the boat, to, to probably reach out to more people. But Peter doesn't say that he was necessarily listening He was over there washing his nets. He's minding his own business. He wasn't really a part of the equation. He wasn't a spectator yet. And Jesus invites him into this world. He says, come on, come come listen. Come check this out. Plus, I need your boat. So that's always a help, too. But maybe you're here today. Maybe you're like, yeah, someone just invited me. I I don't really know why I'm here. Maybe you're not the churchy kind of guy. Or girl. But you're just here. I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear what's going on. That's great. That is an awesome start. All of us have to start at least there. To say, okay, so you're here, you made it. There's a lot of people that aren't here this morning. You could be honestly getting ready for your party later on. You could be somewhere else. You could be at another function this morning. You could be sleeping team. But you're here. You made it. So you're a spectator. What are you supposed to do? Listen. Learn. And then take the next step. And this is what Jesus does. He doesn't just let you stay there. He just doesn't let you be be a spectator and say, okay, that's fine. Now you can go home. He, he carries the conversation on a little bit further. Luke chapter 5 and verse 4. said, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. You know, being a spectator is a good start, but Jesus wants more. He, challenged, he challenges him to take it a step further. And the next step, being a spectator is great. Listening, learning, showing up. That's awesome. But, you know, a spectator, like I said, even watching TV or even watching football, you're not that engaged. It doesn't necessarily affect you unless you do something about it. 
And so step number two is becoming a true fan. Now, becoming a true fan, there's some things that go into that. You can't just, you know, turn on the TV whenever and jump in halfway. No, true fans know when their team is playing. They know the people on their team. It takes time to memorize the roster. It takes time to, to know those people, to know the plays, to know the coaches. You take re- it takes research. A true fan uh, is almost, a, it, the actual word is fanatic, right? So you're a true fanatic about something. It takes energy. It takes time invested. Now, I'm a fan, like I said, for USC football, but there's a lot of things I'm not a fan of, but I enjoy watching, and I enjoy be, uh, be, being a spectator. And one of those things is hockey, okay? Uh, hockey's really cool, uh, but I only enjoy watching it, and I'm not a fan whatsoever, because no matter how, how many times I watch it, I really don't know what's going on. And sometimes I watch it on TV, and I'm, I'm, I lose the puck, it's on a, it's a you know, little black dot, you know, going around the white, white surface and really low scoring. I'm not a fan. But when I go to those games, I want to be a fan because everyone's dressed up and ready to go. And they, everyone has a jersey. Hockey fans are awesome, by the way. If you're a hockey fan, you guys are awesome. Everyone owns a jersey. They're pumped. They know the people. And I, I, I'm just the odd man out. But that's okay because I'm not a true fan. And I don't plan to be. Maybe something will change in the future. But for us, spiritually, Jesus calls us not just to be a spectator, not just to listen, to learn, and then walk away from it, but to actually do something about it. Taking your time, taking energy for God, for Him. See, Jesus asked Peter to do something. He asked Peter after the message was already over. Chances are, if you're new or a friend or, you know, visiting today, chances are someone's going to ask you to study the Bible. This is what we do, okay? You might have been asked already many times to study the Bible, but people are probably going to ask you to study the Bible. Why? Because we realize you're a spectator here, and we want to take you to be a true fan. And what does that require? More time. It requires after the message is over. No, no, the message was great, but there's something else we can teach you. We have a love. I I love USC football, so I want to express that to to people who will listen. But not everyone wants to listen. For us, in this room, many of us are true fans. We want to share that with you. Why? Because it's changed our lives. Like, I appreciate Rick sharing, you know, how it changed his life, and how it, it was changed by a guy who is unassuming, probably not athletic, as he, he said. And it changed his life because that guy asked him, invited him, and I guess got a car ride too. It's pretty funny. So the invitation is out there to study the Bible. Simon does not seem sold at this time, though. If you look in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, we're just going to keep reading. This is pretty much the entire section that we're going to read today. Luke 5, 5 says, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. 
But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Okay, so Jesus, after the message is over, tells them, hey, put your nets down to, for a catch. But his answer is, hey, hey, Jesus, you know what? I heard you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. It's my boat. Worked hard all night. Really tired. Don't think we're going to get a catch. He gives reasons. He's not really sold. Maybe you're here today, and maybe someone's like, hey, you should study the Bible. And you're like, oh, there comes that churchy guy. <laughs> maybe you're not sold. Maybe you're like, oh, and maybe you give reasons not to. This is a reason. He's like, you know, I already did it. Last night, I, I, I'm, I'm beat. I'm tired. I just want to go home. I'm going to be with my family or whoever. A lot of times we make excuses. We give reasons not to go that extra step. Not to take somebody up on their offer and say, you know what? Teach me. Help me become a true fan. You know, I listened and I, I thought it was cool, but, but help me take it to the next level. How many reasons have you given people? How many blocks, you know? You know, people can do that. Avoid certain things by talking about other things and just kind of secretly or, you know, avoid those questions because you don't want to go there. In our lives, we have certain things that we just don't want to really touch. And maybe studying the Bible and getting to know him is one of those things. Maybe you studied the Bible a long time ago and your version of what you think studying the Bible is, is just unappealing. Just why would I want to do that? And I came to church, man. Hey, give me a pat on the back. Let me go home. You know, if that's how you're feeling, Peter, Simon, was feeling probably very similar to you. It's okay. But he didn't stay there. Even though he gave a reason, he could have, stu you know, st stood there. He moved beyond. He said, because you say so, Jesus, I'm going to do it. So today, I want to challenge you to move beyond that. Move beyond those reasons. Stop blaming the kids, stop blaming your work schedule, and move beyond those reasons. Becoming a true fan. Despite his reason, he took the next step. Verse 6, it says, When they had done so, meaning let down their nets, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both nets so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And he and all his companions were astonished at the catch they had taken. See, he was a little bit reluctant at first, but despite that, he says, Okay, Jesus, because you say so, I'm going to do it. I'll do what you say. I'll obey. I'll, I'll, I'll go that extra step. And what happens? Peter sees a miracle. I mean, it's a miracle that this is a fisherman's dream to have not only that much fish, but there's two boats carrying so, so much fish that they begin to sink. And you may have heard this story, so you're not very astonished. But these guys were. They were so pumped. They were so excited that, wow, we did something that Jesus said, and we got this. For us, have we done that? Have you obeyed Jesus to the point where you're able to see his miracles. 
Because just listening here, that's a great start. But obeying, putting into practice, becoming a true fan, to be able to see something change in your life. Now that's something. Now that's why we have the, all these testimonials pretty much every Sunday. We have somebody talk about their life. Why? Because that's where the real awesome, the good stuff happens. And we want to share it with you. No, no, look at my life. That's what we're saying. Because we want to win you over. Something has happened in our lives that we want to share with you. Taking the next step is taking Jesus at his word. It's a little bit scary at times. You really don't know what Jesus is going to say sometimes. Especially if you're studying the Bible right now, you might just be like, whoa, man, he says a lot of crazy things. But that's okay. Because if you're like Peter, you're skeptical, but at the same time, you know, I'm willing to, I'm willing to check this out. What, what's the point? You come in week after week and just being a spectator. There's no point. You could just do this from home, can't you? No, don't get me wrong. I want you to be back here next Sunday. Don't want to scare anybody off. But what's the point of just being a spectator and just cheering from the sidelines? No, no, be, being a true fan, knowing, taking the time, taking somebody up on their offer, having them teach you, sitting down in their living room, taking that energy that you would have given somewhere else and putting it into God. I promise you, you will be astonished, just as these guys were, to how God is going to move you. And you know what? It's going to move not just you, but other people. You see at that last verse, it says, for he and all his companions. There's other people there. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't record the dialogue that he, Jesus had with these other guys. No, he had a, a different dialogue with Jesus. And because he took Jesus at his word, because he said yes, because he took the next step, that in turn had an effect on all these other guys. And it was amazing. Have you taken that next step? Are you planning to take that next step? I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to become a true fan. Take some time out and study the Bible. Get with someone who knows it more than you and see what God can do. See, those are first two steps, and those are great. If you're not, if you're just a spectator, the challenge is to become a true fan. But if you're a true fan, and a lot of us are, meaning there's a lot of us in here who have been studying the Bible or who have studied the Bible in the past, and you know what? You're just kind of there. Maybe you're kind of, maybe even stuck. You know, I'm, I'm a true fan, but I'm not really sure about making the next step. And what is that next step? Verse 10, it says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. The next step is being on the team. The next step is going from the waters to the shore. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, it was Peter's boat. It was his world. Jesus entered into his world, his time. There's certain things in his boat that maybe... He didn't want to share. In our lives, we can be the same way. Getting out of our boat, which is our comfort zone. 
doing things that we only want to do, but getting out of the boat, man, that's, that's difficult. That's hard. Being able to expose my heart to not only God, but to other people and ask them to help me, man, that's scary. I don't know about that. I like it in my boat. Plus, we got a lot of fish now, so that's cool. Sometimes we can do that. We can just take the benefits of the kingdom and say, now this is great. Look at how I got all these friends. But really, we don't want to venture out. We want to take a step because we don't really know what's out there. We don't know what really following Jesus is going to entail for you. Maybe you know what it looks like, and you're like, man, that's cool. These people are all happy and seem like that's genuine. I promise you it's not just this Sunday. Everyone will be like this next Sunday too. But what is it going to entail for your life? It can be scary. And that's a great thing about Jesus. He knows that. So he says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You know, getting out of the boat is leaving comforts, but it's also sacrificing for him. And we hear that word, that's, that's not a great word, sacrifice. We usually brings up negative images, right? We're talking about sacrifice your time, your energy, your money. Those are big things. But you know what? Today we're going to be watching Super Bowl, and Super Bowl is, is all about sacrifice. There's 53 men on each side, and the things that they have gone through to get to that point are crazy. You know, the average career is only six years, and that's on the high end. Other reports are 3.5 years for the average NFL career. Now, if some people you know, make it longer than that, but it's the average They're sacrificing their bodies. They're sacrificing their families, holidays, Christmas. They're giving everything for what? For this ring, for this trophy, sweet, Super Bowl. Nothing gets in the way of the Super Bowl, right? And we watch this, and honestly, as as America, I mean, this is our number one sport. This is it. We applaud these people. We view it. I will too. But we look at that sacrifice and say, yes, excellent job. But when we transfer it over to us and sacrificing for God, we want to take a step back. But you you want me to do what for God? My time? My energy? My family? We start to get really squeamish. Start to make us wiggle in our chair. Ooh, it's not so nice. Why? Because we're not sure. We're scared. What's the return? Well, for, for these guys, it's one ring, it's one trophy. And, you know, honestly, it's, there's only so many guys who are going to be able to experience that. So many people in the NFL will never get that trophy. They'll never get the experience of winning today. Half the people today and half the fans will go home sad. The other half will be happy. But they do it for something that's material, something that is going to pass away. Let's turn to our last scripture here, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 
And this is scripture that I love to read in our teen times when I preach on Tuesdays. Because uh, it talks about sports, and, and Paul here is talking about the great sport of, of that day. It's not football. It's probably the Olympics or the games he refers to. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get a prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Two teams today are competing for that Tiffany and company Vince Lombardi trophy. As awesome as that is, it's going to pass away. It's going to be destroyed. It's of this world. We have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to compete for something greater, for something eternal, for a prize that will never end, for a prize that's heaven, something beyond this, this earth. Are you running for that prize? Are you fighting for that? Think about what your life would be How would it be different if you actually went after that instead of all the other passing crowns of this world? Jesus wants you on his team. You know, we're all spectators, and that's where we start. That's good. You're here? Awesome. I hope you come back next uh, next week. The challenge is to become a true fan. And a true fan is taking time, taking energy, and study the Bible. And going beyond that, and let's be on his team. It requires you to get out of the boat. Let's be like Peter. Let's be like Simon and all his other companions and go from the waters to the shore. Amen.